0: Hello, you are listening to a mini episode of Daisy Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chever and I am here with the wonderful Sona Cherapatra, author of the recently released How Maya Got Fierce. Starting. And in 3 2 Hi Sona. Hi. How's the deadline going? That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my first question to you though. I know. <laughs> It's going, it's going, but we're not here to talk about my deadlines. We are here to talk about how Maya got fierce, which just came out and is such a wonderful read and such a lovely story about a character that I find that I now care very deeply for. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the book?
1: Yeah, so I pitch it as the bold type meets younger with a healthy dash of don't tell mom the ba- babysitter's dead because <laughs> I, I know a lot of um, actual teen readers won't get that reference, but I think I think you do, Preeti. I do, I, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's about a 17 year old girl who is a farmer's kid from Gilroy, California, the garlic capital of the world. And she ends up going to agriculture ca- camp at Rutgers University and her sister her cousin's girlfriend ends up working at fierce magazine which she's been obsessing about since she was like 10 years old and she ends up thinking that she's applying for an internship at fierce gets the gig and it turns out they think she's 26 and she's been offered the role of assistant editor which you <laughs> usually have to work your way up to yeah so, uh, so it's an adventure in all those ways but also her parents don't know about it and they're relying on her and her farm camp experience to sort of set her up to take over their farm in the future so lots of tension there too so
0: yeah I mean that's kind of you do play a lot on not just the cultural tension touch points but just also like personal and and romantic and there's like there's a lot going on in this book um and they all thread together really wonderfully but why was this a story you wanted to tell?
1: So I worked in magazines from the time I was about 19, which is not much older than how old Maya is in the book. And back then, and you and I have had this conversation a million times, but I really didn't see myself on the pages of magazines, on the pages of books, on the TV screen, nowhere. I was nowhere in media, essentially. And um, you don't notice that you're missing until you finally do start to see yourself represented. And then you're like, it hits you really hard. Um, so my sister and I, Mina and I wrote a letter to Seventeen Magazine when we were like, I think 12 and 13, um, because they had done this spread called Indian Stunner and it was all basic clothes and it was all white models. We so <laughs> wrote a strongly worded letter and they published it in the 50th anniversary issue. And that was like literally my first time in print. And it left a mark <laughs> and uh, ever since then i've been trying to write myself into the narrative and that's essentially what maya is trying to do too um and stumbling along the way as we Oh, all i do.
0: love it it's yeah. it's i mean i think that's why the book works so well because while that's like a very specific experience i think it's something that everybody can relate to obviously is wanting to be seen and wanting to be a part of the story and making the story um, something so Maya's Punjabi, which is awesome because we love Punjabi culture here, obviously. What were things that you wanted to like? What were Punjabi touch points and cultural touch points that you had to make sure were in the book?
1: Well, obviously, she's. A little food focused, as yep. all my characters are. They're very <laughs> girls in all the ways um, people can be hungry, um, and so that that definitely. And I feel like New York City is so much of New York City culture is food culture. So yes. she really gets to explore that. Um, uh, they they go to the Gurdwara, um, and it feels like home to her because I feel like even more so. I'm not super religious. Um, Nivdeep, my husband, is definitely more religious than I am. We're a Hindu-Sikh household, so I was playing with those two elements and also just like the things like, for example, language, there's a scene where they're talking about whether they can read and write Hindi and Punjabi and one of them can and one of them can't and like those kinds of differences. just like that filter in within the communities. And also then obviously the the very fishbowl existence that a lot of um, our generation have lived um, within our communities with either the aunties always watching, but now also the kids always watching um, and for any misstep you might make and any way they can sort of tattle and one up you. Um, so that's sort of woven in there as well. Um, And then there's some um, romantic moments that my editor was like, why is this so bombastic? And I was like, because it's Bollywood inspired, (laughs) it's harkening to Bollywood without being like naming Bollywood movie titles in the book. So she still has that very Bollywood gaze. Um, It filters into the way she sees the world and Mm -hmm. romance especially. So but I think that's just the way I see the world in romance. So my characters always have a bit of that. And I think having had those conversations with you too, I just gonna keep being like, and Britney does this
0: too. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we have a long history together and that's okay. (laughs) Yes. Um brief aside, what is your favorite dish featuring garlic?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, like we put garlic in everything except yes. for the <laughs> um, Like so like the garlic chutney actually comes from my Masi's mother-in-law. She has that recipe and she's very secretive about it. Of course. It. My mom now knows the recipe, but I think my mom may be one of the few people. And um, so my mom would take that chutney and just put it on, slather it on fish <laughs> or chicken. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my timer, Pomodoro timer going off. <laughs> um, she would slather it on fish or chicken or whatever and just like um, saute and stuff. And it would turn out brilliantly. So the garlic chutney-based chicken, stuff like that, mm-hmm. but also just um, like Vietnamese um, lemongrass beef with, with the garlic and onions, that's also really good
0: oh that does sound I re, I kind of regret asking the question because <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. eat that right now and I want to um so switching switching tracks a little bit this book is you know about the magazine industry and about media and obviously we're in a very interesting I guess we'll say uh time period what parts of the industry did you want to reflect and were there were there any parts that you know are a little bit more fantasy but you still wanted to put into the book
1: well so I actually tried to keep it sort of realistic to the world because I know like I've watched so many things like I think the bold type is pretty solid in it's footing as far as the magazine industry goes but like if you look at something like younger. I, I can't, I. I
0: literally can't watch it. I literally like, it makes me too mad. Cause I'm like, this is so painfully incorrect. Well, and
1: like, so I think there's a lot of parallels between the two industries and they are, I mean like content creation, um, especially women's mag publishing, but like also teen mag publishing, which sadly may not longer exist pretty soon. Um, It's very female driven um, and um, but it's it's very the industries are definitely very white and very hierarchical. So I played a lot with that and the hierarchy and and sort of how um, especially brown and black women are starting to finally find their footing there and and sort of upend a lot of things, which is really what I wanted to play with a lot, because I think. that media is finally having those reckonings and Mm -hmm. I for one am here for it so like let's do it um so I definitely wanted to play with that and then there's obviously a lot of the print versus digital thing that's happening and like I'm I'm working in magazines now and I've definitely seen it even within the last six months so it's still very relevant to that conversation and I did play with the racism and Mm -hmm. and
0: I mean you have to right like it's that would be fantastical, I think. Yes. <laughs> to just be like, I'm not yeah. putting this in there. Which, like, fine. There are times where you don't have to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like we were talking
1: earlier about the white character who doesn't get punished for her behavior, and that was a question my editor had. Like, why doesn't she get punished? And I was like, because I wanted to be realistic, and that's just mm-hmm. much the bottom line.
0: What is so? you you have between this and like symptoms of a heartbreak obviously you're putting these teen girls into very professional settings very like grown-up settings what what is it about that that interests you
1: i always say like so i always write characters that are hungry like Mm -hmm. they're ambitious they have goals but also i have a a fondness for fish out of water stories Mm -hmm and i think it's because i've always felt like one and i think that's partly being a dizzy kid in the 90s when like we didn't see ourselves anywhere so we were always the fish out of water but also just it it gives you such fresh eyes for viewing any kind of any kind of situation really so it makes it fun in that way and um and i feel like now more than ever kids and teenagers are so much more grown up like my twelve year old is me at like
0: twenty-four. <laughs> I feel like so. Okay, um, fair. Who just old, got I her first yeah. her, her first article published, yeah, which is published very exciting. Article
1: on parents.com and it was about Miss Marvel. And I mean, like already, like at twelve, she's such a strong voice, you know? Like I feel like she already has so much more to say. Um, I feel like I was very much still fumbling. Mm-hmm. Um into my 30s and um even now as a full-grown adult apparently uh like i feel like <laughs> I'm still like all grasping and trying to figure it out but i feel like the kids in these generations um that are coming up really know so much more mm-hmm. and grapple with so much more and find their Find freedom to like sort of claim parts of themselves in a different way than we did, like especially with things like Miss Marvel, for example. Yeah, they're seeing themselves more and they're being able to be like, "I claim this,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas oh. we we're like, trying to. We were like,
0: "Oh, what? What do we claim? We have nothing claim. <laughs> like, we don't have anything to claim." I think. Yeah, we had to place. make it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, that that feels like a a wonderful sort of cap on talking about the book. So what are some projects by South Asian or diasporic creatives that you are excited about right now? Well, there's a
1: book I just pre-ordered this week. It's <laughs> called Spider-Man's Social Dilemma by an author named Friti Chiver. <laughs> I, I, from my understanding, my son already has it. <laughs> yeah, I
0: said, yeah, I said Shire. But... I was
1: like, um, where is mine? <laughs> I want a signed copy. So um yes, we have made that happen. Thank you, little shop of stories. Um <laughs> And obviously, Sunny G's series of Rash Decisions, which came out in February, Mm and it's by the Dylan, who I happen to be married to. But it's also really funny and about cosplay. And if you are a DC Geek Girl um, listener, you're going to love that book because it fits this vibe just perfectly. True. Um, And then some of the other ones I've been really excited about lately, um, Tasha's series, What Souls Are Made Of, which is Weathering Heights Remixed. And um, also speaking of remixes, uh, debating Darcy by say uh, Anthony Daskoppta. and uh, obviously, we've been watching Miss Marvel like, Yes. we already watched the whole thing. We are on our third viewing now, so we good. are writing treesties on it daily, so
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I'm so excited for. What's to come next from that universe um gabby was very disappointed that it just said stay tuned for the marvels because she's like when is season
0: two ah i think we're all wondering that because i want more of the family like i need more of the cons in my life all of them and i feel like the it's difficult to do that in the movies
1: yeah, and they capture so much just with the code switching. Yeah. Music and the murals and like and we're from Jersey City. So like Gavia's that like when I talk about claiming things, she's a hundred percent claiming that. She's the brown girl superhero from Jersey City that is her and you know, she's been cosplaying I as know. from the time she was five, so like
0: yeah i mean there's that picture of us together both adult cosplayer and baby cosplayer from comic-con in like what 2017 2016. yeah something like that
1: i think her second her second version of the costume
0: yes like she her her daddy
1: made her one like every year for so many years it was just and and she has to she has to do an update now she really loved the costume that that awesome. they had
0: made in Pakistan, which is the best yes, thing on the planet. Yes,
1: that one. <laughs> yes. She was like, yes. And she's like, when are we going? I'm like, no, I don't know, baby.
0: <laughs> not, not now. <laughs> Definitely not now. It. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell me what is next for you.
1: Um. Well, you know, because you are in it. It is an anthology called Magic Has No Borders. It's coming out in the summer of 2023 and it is 14 fantastical and sci-fi stories from history myth legend um and just the roots of south asian diaspora so it's going to be really really good i can't wait to share it with the world it's it's like the book i would have craved as a kid and i think that like teens and kids will devour it too and adults too because obviously but we have some great voices in that one including Preeti so Mm.
0: yes obviously the minute that book is available for pre-order we will be linking to it and talking about it on the show uh and maybe having you and Samira come back and talk about it when when we get closer because that could be fun um all right where can people find you um so
1: I did not do right by social media, because I'm and I have a different name on each platform. Each because I had, so um, on Twitter, I am Sona, Sona underscore C, which I was on Instagram, but then everybody started following the private Instagram instead of the public one, and I tried to combine them, and apparently you can't. So now on Instagram, I'm sonson sown um, too. <laughs> which i won't spell because it's just too much work and then i'm on tiktok too um at sona full name. Because-
0: if you we will link to everything in the show notes yes. we will we'll yes. provide indiv- like provide individualized links yes and my
1: food videos are what do the best on tiktok so <laughs> i will share that garlic jetney,
0: yes uh, secret recipe maybe if i can Get approval from. I mean, that's a reason to follow. I think, like immediately.
1: <laughs> yes, but the Nuri salmon
0: recipe is doing really well. I mean, I would run and go follow Sona immediately. I already follow <laughs> Sona, obviously. But if you do not, there' are plenty of reasons to follow her and wherever I do she a is,
1: too. So that's that's <laughs> critical.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much for hanging out and talking about how Maya got fierce, which is available right now to purchase. Always. Always a pleasure. We are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all of the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's N O C for nerds of color. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Geek Girls, and on Twitter at Thaci Geek Girls. Uh, as for me, I am on all social medias at Run With Skizzers. And uh, until next time, I'll see you in hell.